0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of Vive Church Uganda. Our mission is to love God, love people and catalyze purpose. We have an active online weekdays altar that you can plug in from wherever you are. Located in the city of Kampala, the Lord led us to birth an outreach ministry to feed and care for people transitioning from homelessness. To learn more, follow us at MyVive Church across all social media platforms. To support this ministry and help us continue to spread God's love, visit www.myvivechurch.org forward slash give.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. It's a privilege to be here. <laughs> privilege, privilege. Uh, Does she look at me? Look at this. What color is this? Come on. Yeah. Today, you're cooler than me, honey. You're welcome. You're matching your hair to your shoes, to your watch, to your fingernails. I'm wise. Yeah, because I chose, I chose her, isn't it? Yeah. Honey, please have your seats. This is the first time I'm preaching with my wife, so make her feel welcome. Me, I am tried and tested, so I don't mind. If you don't shout, I'll still preach the gospel. Yeah, but for her, she's shy, so give us some warm welcome. My name is Neil, and I'm privileged to serve with uh, Diana at, at Vive Church. We lead the executive team. Uh, Pastor G is part of that uh, team that we serve with. Uh, yeah, so when Pastor G is on your team, you can't afford to be energyless. Yeah, you have to be And what? What was the new word that she taught us? Indefatigable. Come on now. Yeah, and so, you know, today we're asked to share. I remember my campus days. I didn't want people to talk for a long time. But just to share about love, right? Yeah, about relationships. But the theme is wrecked, so I was like, hey, what kind of. uh, Why are they asking us? Fire! But, uh, you know, I understand. I understand. And it's a privilege to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, St. James Chapel for hosting us at Vive. We feel very honored. Anyone from St. James who's here? Come on now. Yeah. Vive guys, show them some love. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, I've been married for like uh, 100 years. I anyway, mean, like 4 years. Um, but, but my wife and I were dating for 10 years. So I know a thing or two about uh, (laughs) wrecked, Yeah, and, uh, you know, at Vive we say we love God, we love people, and we? Yeah, God has called us to reach out to a group of people who, you know, we feel just need to be encouraged and reminded to just fix their eyes on Jesus, on God. And then as we remember that God is the most important thing in our lives, As we learn about that love for God and how much love he has for us, we can't help but love the people he created, right? Yeah, Yeah, and then, you know, as you love people who God has created, soon enough you realize that there's something special inside each one of us. And once we see that vibe, we push you out of your comfort zone, and so we catalyze purpose. Amen? Amen. So, yeah, I want to... How many guys came here with... their? Oh, how many guys are dating? Or are married? Dating or married or in a relationship or want to be in a relationship? How many guys have no one? You're single and you're like, yes, I'm single. I'm alone. Can I hear an amen for the single people? Yeah, we came here for you. <laughs> we came here for you. How many? It's complicated. How many don't know your status? You're like, I don't know my status. I'm just there. Oh, the, yeah. The, the what? It's getting It's getting worse. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the thing about the thing I've learned about just relationships, right? And you know, my wife and I we met almost so many years ago. I was in, I, was, I first heard about her, I was in my senior four. But uh, yeah, I was not uh, strong enough to approach her. Yeah, and so, but uh, someone said, but God. But I think, you know, the thing I've I've realized just growing up is where do you find the recipe? Where do you find the dictionary, the manual, the guide for being in a relationship? You know? How many guys, like where do you find information of how to date, how to be in a relationship, how to be single while while you're waiting to date? Where is that information found? Just like that. You just wing it. To In Pastor G's voice. <laughs> From friends, eh? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I want us to just discuss and share about is how do you know what to do or what not to do? And I know that many of us here, how many guys have ever been heartbroken here? Eh, hey, those hands are very fast. And this side? A few guys this side yeah, the truth of the matter is that, you know, many of us experience a lot of issues, situations, heartbreak, challenges, because we don't know what we don't know. You enter life, and you grow up, and the definition for what a relationship is, is coming from the world. Now, when when we were younger, when I was in high school, there was even no Instagram and social media and all these things, but today, it's even worse, right? Like, you know, couple goals are on Instagram. Yeah, couple goals are defined by how much the filter is filtering on Instagram. Yeah, how cool the sneakers are, uh, the angle of the sunlight, uh, the, you know, the effects on the photograph. And, you know, as you, as you begin to grow up as a young man, a young woman, you begin to have this preconceived notion of what love is. Of what a relationship is, and you build this expectation, right? And today I thought to myself, look, the thing that I know today about relationships is not, is completely 180 degrees from what I believed by the time I met my girlfriend, who is now my wife. Yeah, and so a lot of punches, a lot of fighting. I was in a previous relationship that didn't end well. And many of us here have either been in that kind of relationship, or you're right now in that relationship, or, God forbid, you will be in that relationship. But the thing is, you don't have any information. And when you come to church, the thing you hear about relationships is, what do you hear from church? Don't be in them. Don't touch. Not before marriage. Eh, No sex before marriage. Yeah, but the truth is that relationships, sex, all these things are God's idea. Yeah, it's God who made relationships. It's God who made love. It's God who made sex. And if you don't know what you don't know, it's easy for you to handle relationships, to handle love, to handle sex the way you think is right, but when you're far away from what God's plan was for you and for it. And so, I want to just begin to poke us a little bit. And, you know, I, don't, I won't ask you to put up your hands, but many of us here, you've been in places you shouldn't be in, you've been in relationships you shouldn't be in, you've been doing things you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, can we, can we be real for a second? Yeah? Yeah? Is Paul's hand up? Oh, She's honest enough to put up a hand. But in the spirit, I know all her hands are up. <laughs> yeah. You know, but the thing is, sometimes you're there because you didn't know better. You are actually doing your best at a thing that is wrong. But other times, you're outrightly wrong and you know it. But today, I want to challenge us. That these things, relationships, love, sex, it was designed by God. In fact, God has the primary interest in our relationships. The Bible says in the book of Mark 10 and 6 and also in Matthew 22, Jesus is asked what the most important commandments are. And he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he says, This is the first and greatest commandment. And he says, The second Is just like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. What Jesus was saying is that the most important commandments are about relationships. The one you have with God and the one you have with your neighbor. So today, I want to begin by challenging you that whatever today you've been doing or thinking about or engaged in, that is a relationship is God's idea. It's God's idea. You know, and as a young man growing up, I had my own idea. And that idea really was more focused (laughs) on the butterflies. Yeah. On the feelings. On how we are couple goals. And how we are matching. And the things that we can or cannot do. How far can we go how far can I push the line? What am I allowed to do and what am I not allowed to do? But listen, there is a God process for a relationship. And so today, maybe you're here and you're like, look, I've been through some things I shouldn't be in. I've done some things I shouldn't be doing. God still has a plan for you. Yeah. God still has a plan for you. God, God intended for you sometimes to see some things that He will come and show you exactly what He wants you to do. And so, you may be here and you feel wrecked. You may be here and you're like, I don't even know what I'm going into. I want to suggest to you that maybe this is why you came here tonight. That God will begin to challenge you to change your perspective towards what you believe is a good relationship. Yeah, Yeah, my wife and I, we have really evolved. We have really evolved. And when I met her, we were two broken people, very broken. I remember I met my wife right months I, like I, I knew her yes, who we acquaintances. I got interested in her two weeks before I had sworn not to date anyone for like six years. <laughs> yeah, so I'd been in this relationship, and you know, my ex-girlfriend, she literally broke up she got our green card to live in the U.K, And she didn't tell me. And she told me, look, uh, you know, I've gotten a green card. The, fi- the day before, she was going to go to the UK. I said, oh, I've, I've, I've gotten an opportunity to go to the UK, and I was so excited. I was so joyous. And she said, oh, man, now I want you to help me uh, with all the logistics. And, you know, we figure out um, the transport, all these things. And got a van, put in my entire family, and her drove the airport. And at the airport... You know, as you hug and you're like, listen, this is a breakthrough for us. God has come through for us. She said, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, she's like, I don't, I'm like, what? Wait, what? I'm like, no, I will save money. I will come to the UK. She's like, Neil, like, let's be real for a second. Yeah. <laughs> How, how will you save this money? Like, like me, bless me, who has borrowed a car and borrowed money for fuel. She's like, let's let's be real for a second. Where will you borrow money from? How will you get a visa? And she ripped my heart into pieces at the airport. And those days, you could go to the airport, you could walk at least towards the check-in point, and you could escort someone. And I left, and she was like, and they were final boarding call, and she just left, and I was over there with her. Her family is like, you know, at the departure's gate waiting for me to come back. And I went to the bathroom and I was in tears for like 45 minutes. (laughs) Right? And in that moment, in that moment, I was like, think of this, you've been dumped. Right? You've borrowed money for fuel and a car. And the family is still outside waiting for you to take them back home. Yeah. Yeah, The parents, different, the parents had split, so different houses, two siblings, different houses, so I end up, we left like at three, I had to drive until like 9 p.m., but it was a broken relationship. And that is many of us in different ways. Maybe you gave every single thing to this relationship. Maybe you believed that the boy loved you, you know. And so you did whatever you thought was going to be a proof of love. And you're in a place where your heart is shredded to pieces. We're here to tell you, among the many things we'll share tonight, in the next few minutes, is that God, he says, a contrite heart, I will not refuse. He says, a broken and contrite heart, I will not refuse. And because he's the author and perfecter of relationships, He's able to bring beauty for ashes. Where you feel like you're at the bottom of the bottom, God is able to turn it all around, but that only works if you will say, what is your idea of a relationship? What is your plan? What do you want us to achieve? Why did you create relationships? Why did you create man and woman? Why do I feel the way I feel? Why does my fire boil when I see some people? Yeah. Yeah. Why that? Why like you know? For me, I used to be like I used to believe that until when I meet the person I love, I will forget about all these worldly desires. Once I see the person who's meant for me, oh my God! It will be easy to wait until marriage. When my wife and I began dating, my blood used to boil at three hundred (laughs) degrees. Like it was, it was. It's so hard to wait for the person who you don't know it's 10 times as hard to wait for a person who you're sure you love and are going to marry. Yeah. And this is the things that you don't hear in church, right? Yeah. yeah, but we're here to share some truth. So, Anna asked my wife. She's way wiser than me, by the way. So, you know, I know she has some nuggets that she wants to drop, but honey, what are you feeling? What are you hearing? You look amazing. This hair is... God forgive me. Ah! Yeah, but you know what are you like? What's the experience in this journey towards finding the man of your dreams?
0: <laughs> I don't even know where to start from. Um, but I think while you were speaking, all I could think of was as much. As, you know, growing up, I don't remember anyone really sharing with me like the truths about even why you you know you'd need to be in a relationship. Right. Um, and for me, I think it came from a place of... It's more like fear and pressure. Because at home, they'll tell you, um, if you get into a relationship, those boys, you're going to get HIV, you're going to get pregnant, you're going... So it was always a thing of, oh my gosh, like, uh, I, don't, I don't even want to, you know... Uh, yeah, like, and I remember in high school, they told us, the moment you step out of this gate, the hyenas hyenas waiting for you. <laughs> And, you know, the like, over here. <laughs> it, it was funny, but also quite scary, right. you know. And I remember um, just thinking and saying, you know, no one really broke it down for me. And, you know, on, on what it, it, like, what's even the relevance of, like, how do you get into even a good relationship? Right. Because you asked that question and said... Um, Why? Why? Why would you even be in a relationship? And this is something God created. Yeah. And I remember as I was just, you know, preparing for this today, I, and some of these things also, I'm I'm actually beginning to sort of understand it more than probably before I did. And so for young people, most times you're asking, uh, because unfortunately what we see, like, you know, Neil was mentioning that our basis is what's on social media. You know, um, we're not looking for some. It's good because you've come from a good home. You know, so you've seen your mom and dad, and you know they have they've had such a great, great relationship. But sadly, for many of us, we've come from dysfunctional homes, and so you don't even know who to look up to for a good relationship, unless you're you know, you've gone out of your way to seek and find, and sometimes you don't even know what a good relationship is, because the world today has there's a camouflage, like, people have this thing that they wear, and yet deep inside, if you were to literally unwrap and see what's in there, like, it would be for some of them, it's really sad to see, you know, what's actually going on, and one thing I found out and this is even in the Bible and you know Neil mentioned it he said that you know that you know good relationships are, are founded on the relationship we have with God and with ourselves and I remember once hearing and you know someone sharing that for many of us we are seeking some kind of fulfillment in somebody else yeah, yeah. and I don't even know how to say this, but you'll never find that in anyone. However much you think this person is great, this person is amazing, this person is beautiful, this person is, you know, kind, this person is prayerful, yeah. because they're only human, yeah. and they'll disappoint you. Right. But only God is the ultimate. Like, yes. it's until you're whole as a person. Right. In fact, I think for me, it took, like Neil mentioned, he and I, that our past was, we were both broken. He found me in a place where, you know, um, (laughs) it was, for me, yeah, it was a heartbreak. It was painful, but I didn't even know where to go to next. I remember crying for one day. (laughs) I really cried my eyes out, and I told myself, this is the last time I'm ever going to cry for anyone. (laughs) And for me, my approach then was, I'm forgetting about boys, and I'm focusing on my academics. And... (laughs) And he will tell you, um, by the time he found me, I said, I'm on a sabbatical, okay. you know, that's, I'm not...
1: That's the 10 years, right? <laughs>
0: I'm not looking for anyone, where you to, know, but... what
1: to have the sabbatical.
0: What, what, I, what, what I did not, what I wasn't told or what I hadn't learned then was that I needed to be whole in myself. Like, personally, for me to even attract the person that would, you know... People say complete, but it's not really Compliment. complete. Yeah, like it's, it's more, yes, like complimenting. And, you know, they, they, so when, when, when uh, Niels mentions that, um, the commandment that you shall love your God with all your heart, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's basically saying that you need to receive the love of God that he has for you. And you also need to learn to love yourself. Right. Because there's no way you're going to give what you don't have. Right, right, right. You can't, you can't expect yourself being broken. Right. And it's even more sad when you find another broken person. Come on. Because the both of you just ruin it for each other. And for me, really what I just wanted to share today is that, you know, based on on that command that, you know, God gave to us is that you need to first you need to first establish your relationship with God, yeah. and then you know, then your relationship with yourself, and then finally, then you'll be ready
1: to be able to you know relate with others, yeah. and so there's this so that's like the like an underlying low key framework, right? Yeah. And today, just like you may be here and you're thinking, look, I'm in a place where I've just been heartbroken or wrecked, or in a place where you're like, I don't know what to do. Like, I've, I'm, Maybe you're looking, you're like, I'm looking and searching for love. Maybe you're waiting because most of the ladies are like, I'm just waiting for, like, there's no more good men in this world. That's like the framework. Like, the first thing is your God connection, right? Who, what, who is God? And what does he say about this relationship? Basically, me and him. And what does he say about me? And once you figure that out as step number one, you then begin to go into, oh, well, if God says I'm beautiful and I'm loved and I'm accepted, then I'm full. I'm happy in myself, right? And only then can you begin to completely love other people. And that's why God says that first you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, man and soul. And it's not really a thing of do this. It's like a prerequisite, <laughs> the way I've seen this, it's not that the other commandment is less, it's just that you cannot love your neighbor as you love yourself before you love God. And so God says, come and fall in love with me. With everything that is in you, fall in love with me. And then you will love yourself and then you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. I've learned, uh, and again, like Dan has been saying that you've, You go into a relationship, even an amazing one, like I have one of the most if not the most amazing person as my wife today, but even with her, there are times when I feel like there's something and most of those days when I feel like there's something, I've not really connected back to God. And so, you're here and you're in an unknown state whether wrecked or not wrecked or just waiting or you're in a relationship, make sure that that connection is really sorted out. And, you know, there's something which... i to just address for a second. There's the people in the category of wrecked. It's difficult for you to... agree or release yourself... to fall in love with God again. But listen to this. And if you can write this down. God himself... He's not scared by your habits. Maybe you've, you have some weird habit. Maybe you're in some weird uh, activity. Maybe you have a, an ungodly relationship... God is not scared by the habits that you have. God wants your heart. God is not terrified by your habits. Your habits, you've tried on, in your own power to live some habits. You've tried to live the adulterous life. You've tried to live promiscuity, and you've failed, and you're like, God, how can I come before you? The devil put in your mind that God is judging you. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God is not scared of your habits. He wants your heart. But here's the thing. is that Once God has your heart... He then will help you overcome your habits. So remember that, that God, He's only fixing His eyes on you. He says, come as you are. He says, come unto me, those who are weary, and I will give you rest. Many of us try to fix the things that we feel are. Someone said you're not good enough, you work on that thing, and yet God says, come to me with your heart, and I will deal with everything else that's bothering you. So remember that when the devil comes at you, say, look, God doesn't get terrified, or judge me by my habit. He wants my heart. And once he has my heart, he will then help me overcome the habit. Amen? Amen. Amen. And and, you know, there's a story told in the Bible and I like to reference the Bible because this is really where our truths come from. And in the Bible, Paul is writing to a city that reminds me of of a town next to my house called Kabbalah Gala. And Corinth was like this corrupted city, messed up, promiscuous, And like things were going from worse to worse. And Paul speaks in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. And I'm reading from the message version. And he's challenging the guys who are staying in Corinth. And he says, don't you realize that this is not the way to live? Paul is speaking literally at the point of, man, people, the church is in there. But even in the church at that time, there are guys who are promiscuous. And I know maybe you're here and you're like, eh. This message is striking at me. How can I be both serving and living this kind of life? You're not different from the guys in Corinth. And Paul challenges them. He says, don't you realize that this is not the way to live? And he says, unjust people who don't care about God will not be joining the kingdom. This is Paul. And he says, those who use and abuse each other. One. Those who use and abuse sex. Those who use and abuse the earth and everything in it. Basically, promiscuous people, homosexuals. The list is complete over there. And he says those people will not enter the kingdom. They don't qualify. And today I want to just awaken you. Maybe you're here and you think that because people don't know, you're okay. Because there are always guys who are fighting and there are those who are saying, "Ah, for me, I'm living with that thing on the law. Listen. this is the age of crossroads. You're literally in your life at a place where you have to choose which way to go. But God says you won't enter the kingdom. If you're living unpurely, if you're promiscuous, if you're corrupted in your ways, you won't enter the kingdom. Remember, God does not care about your habit. He wants your heart. But you have to choose to give your heart to Jesus. And he says, this is the hope. He says, a number of you already know from the experience what I'm talking about. For not so long ago, you were on that list. This is my story. This is my wife's story. We were on that list. And Paul is reminding the guys who are unjust. And he's saying, look, there are guys who are like you, who overcame. They were on that list. But he says, since then, you've been cleaned up and given a fresh start by Jesus, our master, our Messiah, and by our God present in us, the spirit. The thing about compromising on relationships and sex and your purity is that it's a door. And the thing about opening a door is that once you go to sleep and leave the door of your house open, you cannot control who comes in. (laughs) You can't control. You may be worrying about a thief and a rapist comes in. You may be worrying about a rapist, and a thief comes in. And a robber comes in, someone who will steal and kill you. An animal that will come to eat you up. Relationships. Sex is so complicated because it opens a door to every other thing into your life. It's spiritual. That the thing that you expose yourself by sleeping with someone brings things that are in that person's other life, and they enter you and begin to corrupt you. Maybe you're hearing it like, I'm trying to be prayerful and I can't. I'm trying to fast and read the word. I want to serve and I can't. I used to excel. But you're dealing with, you know, the seven habits of concentration. And how to improve your prayer life. You've gone for retreats, but the issue is that you're perverted. Friends, I want to challenge you as young men, young women. This thing is deep deeper than you know, and we have a few minutes so I can't even go as deep as what it means to have soul ties and what sex does in terms of tying you to other people and bringing all those spirits into your life. But hear me. The door that you open when you're not pure as a young man, young woman, it brings so many other things into your life. But there's hope. And Paul says, says, many of you were on that list but you know that not so long ago, you've been cleaned up and given a fresh start by Jesus. Amen. Wow. Yeah, just because something is technically legal, in the next verse, it tells them, look, not everything that is good is okay to do. And he's basically it's telling them, look, just because something is technically legal, yeah. because some of, you know, I have friends who live in the States, and in the States, they are beginning to remove some of the things that were Bible founded it from the law. But Paul says just because something is technically right to do, legal, doesn't make it spiritually appropriate. Just because think of this, because this the world we live in now is again, things are okay to do. And many of us live our life saying, But if I have a boyfriend, can I kiss him? Can he touch me? Can he take my shirt off? Can he help me go to sleep? But if I like how far is too far? <laughs> the minute you're considering how far is too far, <laughs> you're already far. <laughs> the minute it's a question of how far is too far, you're far. Because you control the line. Yeah. Should we hold hands? Yeah, I think hands are okay. You push. If we hold hands, should we hug? I remember true story. And again, you know, for us at Vive, we are real and raw. My wife and I we used to hold hands as we're dating. And I used to escort her home and would hug and go. So I said, honey, how far should, can I kiss you? Is it on the cheek or on the mouth or on the what? She said, I rebuke you in the name of. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the leader, crew leader, cell leader, zonal leader. I said, but uh, the Bible says, greet each other with a holy. But you know, if you read the Bible out of context, you can apply each verse to what you want to do. Yeah, Because in that city, that was the equivalent of shaking hands. Yeah, If you go to Rome today, if you go to Chigali, people, they greet themselves like this. Nothing to do with how far is too far. But I had to just try. But uh, she humbled me. But the thing is, what I'm telling you is, not everything that is legally right to do is spiritually appropriate. Remember, whatever you do, work at it as if you're working for God and not for human masters. Yeah. Your measure, your yardstick is God.